Hello and welcome to All Things Emergency Nursing. My name is Austin. I'm your host. This is my very first episode of my podcast and I'm trying to figure out which subject I'd like to start with and I, I believe that I've decided on tricyclic antidepressant overdose. Um, I hope it's an exciting and interesting episode. I'm trying not to be boring, uh, but I feel like this is a, a, an overdose that is very important to go over with anybody that's in uh, EMS or in the emergency setting. Tricyclic antidepressants, they are they're for depression, uh, nighttime incontinence, and OCD. They are an anticholinergic medication, which means they inhibit the uptake of serotonin in the, in the snap clef uh, between two neuron fibers. And this causes a lot of uh, symptoms <clears throat> that we're going to cover here in just a little bit. The neurotransmitter in the brain serotonin, also known as 5-HT, is uh, the neurotransmitter that we're going to be talking about. So just a, a few of the tricyclic antidepressants. If you pick up a patient uh, or let's say a patient comes into the ER and they were on amitriptyline, uh, nortriptyline, doxepin, amoxepin, those those are a few. There are a few more. I didn't list list all of them, but these are a few that if you happen to see these and it says the patient has overdosed on this medication, it is a very, very serious thing. Um, quick review of anticholinergic symptoms. You can have tachycardia, dry mouth, urinary retention, uh, hallucinations, confusion. If you've ever seen anyone that has overdosed on Benadryl, they will look the same way. They, they look really whacked out and this is uh, some of the clues that you want to look for for this type of overdose. So uh, let's talk about how they work because only by understanding how how they work can you understand uh, why it's it's such a horrible horrible thing. Um, as far as the uptake of the serotonin, I, I like to use uh, this scenario where uh, when I was a kid, I used to like to go roller skating, and they would have these couple skates, and the let's say serotonin is the little boys, and the skating ring is the the um, area between the two neuron fibers called the synapse. That's, that's our, our ring is going to be the synapse. The presynaptic area is going to be where all the kids are before they release them out to, onto the floor. Or rather, that's the presynaptic area is where the, the boys will be. And let's say uh, right now it's a girls-only skate, but they're going to go into a couple's skate. The postsynaptic area, that's where the girls are going to be. That's where the boys are going to try to go to and pair up with the girls. Couples only skate. You have all those kids that are ready to go out there and skate around and, and pair up with someone. And in, in this situation, let's say you have a, there's uh, always that, that adult skater that's out there that's keeping track of everything going on. He's the one kicking these other kids off the floor if they're doing something, something crazy. Um, he is going to be my enzyme, the MOA enzyme that is responsible for the uptake of the extra serotonin. So you have all these kids that they go round and round, they pair up, boys and girls pair up, and uh, let's say you have some extra, extra kids uh, out there, the, the single ones, they're just kind of going around. Normally the, the adult skater would, would take these kids and put them back in the presynaptic area uh, because they're not paired up and they're, they're not supposed to be in the synaptic area. They're not supposed to be on the skating floor because they're not paired up with anybody. Well, and the tricyclic antidepressant, they inhibit 
this adult skater. He's not able to get all these extra kids and put them back in the presynaptic area. And that's basically what this medication does. And it becomes a problem when you have all that extra serotonin in the synaptic area uh, and it will shut down the parasympathetic part of your nervous system. Now, basically what you have is a person who is totally on the sympathetic response, the fight or flight. So that's my little analogy of how the nerve fibers communicate with each other. And <clears throat> Okay, so a couple of facts about uh, tricyclic antidepressants is they bind readily to lipids. They are very rapidly absorbed. Usually you can have effects within uh, an hour. And you want to look for EKG changes because they will cause a wide complex tachycardia. The patient will have uh, altered mental status and they are high risk for seizures and vomiting the um, high incident of aspiration risk. And also, uh, it blocks the alpha-1 receptors in your, in your blood vessels, so you're going to have orthostatic hypotension. The hypotension is caused because when the alpha-1 alpha receptors are blocked, they can't do their job by maintaining the blood pressure by creating that vasoconstriction. The treatment for this particular overdose is um, hopefully you get, them, get to them in time um, because of the massive hypotension and the aspiration risk um, and the arrhythmia that can, that can follow. So uh, it's going to be basically supportive measures for this individual, you want to you um, you want to possibly give benzodiazepines for the seizures if they're having any seizures, um, but be mindful of the the hypotension. You definitely want to be giving them some fluids and pressors. You want to before you give pressors, you always want to you want to fill the tank. You want to give them plenty of fluids so that you're getting that volume into the blood vessels. And uh, the pressors, you want to use phenethylene and also epinephrine can be... Um, you want to protect this, this person's airway. They're completely out of it. They're at a high risk for aspiration. So this patient is most likely going to be intubated. But before you intubate, um, one of the, the main rules before you put that tube down is you want to prevent any kind of hypoxic event that would ultimately lead to organ dysfunction, um, organ hypoxia. These, these are not good because what happens is you start to go down this metabolic acidosis pathway and the, the body does not do well in that kind of environment. Um, along with the fluids and the pressors. Oh, let me get back to the the... Uh, before you intubate anyone, you should be flooding them with oxygen. You want to have high flow on, um, possibly even some apneic oxygenation. Take that um, nasal cannula, put it in the 
put it in the nose and crank that baby up to 15. You want, you want to fill that, that uh, dead space in the, in, the, in the trachea and the bronchioles with 100% oxygen. You, you want it to be full of oxygen because it, it, could take, it could take some time to get this tube down and now you're already dealing with, with uh, possible aspiration and, and vomiting. So you don't wanna have prolonged periods of time with hypoxia especially since they're already going to be towards metabolic acidosis if they're not already there. Um, so bicarb needs to be given to help correct the acidosis. Um, some of the, uh, there, some literature says that uh, since it is a fat-soluble medication, you could give intralipid. I don't know a lot about intralipid, but ap- apparently the, the idea behind it is that it's, uh, you're adding fats to the, to the bloodstream. And that's going to help absorb that extra drug that's in the system. Because you, uh, you, know, you have this drug that's causing all these symptoms. And if you, if you get rid of as much of that extra drug that's in the system, then that's going to be, that's going to be ideal. It's just going to help your situation out quite a bit. Um, from what I understand, amiodarone doesn't work well with this, with the wide complex t- tachycardia. These patients that overdose on this medication um, are in really bad shape, and sometimes they they might even have to be on ECMO to prevent prevent death and and long term brain injuries. So to recap, the treatment is going to be limit the absorption of the medication. If you can get some activated charcoal down them with uh, doing a gastric lavage, not sure they people still do that anymore. Um, if they're still conscious, if this, this person is still awake, that might be something that if you can get that activated charcoal down and absorb some of that, some of those, medic- some of those pills, it would be, it would just help your situation out quite a bit. Um, you want to enhance elimination, and uh, you want you want their body to be cleaning this stuff out. There there is no antidote for uh, tricyclic antidepressants, which you're gonna you're possibly even going to have respiratory acidosis along with metabolic acidosis. Uh, pre-oxygenate before you intubate uh, for the hypotension. You you want to definitely give lots of fluids and pressors for the aspiration. You want to do an RSI intubate this person when they, they start to become to the point where they can't protect their airway. Sometimes it might be necessary to just go ahead and get ahead of the eight ball and intubate this patient. Now, there, there's a huge debate about normal saline and um, lactated ringers, which, you know, which, which to use. And I'm a big fan of lactated ringers because the, the pH on lactated ringers is 6.5. Normal saline has a, has a, pH about 5.5. So I, I feel like if you're flooding this person with normal saline, you're potentially not really helping the acidosis situation. So this concludes my uh, first podcast. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it was informative. Please let me know if you liked it. If there's any suggestions you have for me or if I got something wrong, please criticize me so I can learn. You can learn. Uh, look forward to making the next one. Hope you guys tune in for the The next one's coming up.